Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new podcast interview for the New Books in East Asian Studies uh, channel, which is part of the New Books uh, Network. I'm your host, Roman Pashka, and today uh, we will be talking to Clinton uh, Goddard, who is the author of Darwin, Dharma, and the Divine, Evolutionary Theory and Religion in Modern Japan, which was published uh, in 2017 uh, by the University of uh, Hawaii Press. Um, thank you, Clinton. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, let's start this with, um, why don't you tell a little bit uh, about yourself, about your career, um, about your research? How did you become involved in this uh, in this field? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in uh, Holland and actually um, crossed the border every day to go to school in Belgium. And I gradually got interested in philosophy. And I went to study philosophy at the uh, University of Leuven. And that was a very good education, but I the, the education was focused only exclusively on Western philosophy. And after a while, um, that bothered me a little bit. I thought, well, what about the rest? What about Buddhism? What about Confucianism? Uh, and that led me gradually to study more uh, about those uh, schools of thought. And I got an opportunity to um, study a year abroad in Osaka. And that really got the, the, the ball rolling and, and uh, eventually brought me where I am today. <laughs> okay. And um, to move on to the... Uh to the main topic of our uh, discussion, which is your book. Um, so how did you get the idea for the, for the book? How did you start working on Darwin, uh, the Dharma, as you call it, and the, and the, and the divine? Um, how, how was the book born? Okay, so I went for uh, graduate school to um, University of Chicago. And what I wanted to initially do is look at how 19th century, early 20th century Buddhists, so Buddhists in the Meiji period, how they engaged with Western philosophy and modern categories of thought. That's what I initially thought I was going to do. So looking at people like Inoue and Nyo, for example. And when I started um, reading more and more of these Meiji Buddhist uh, texts, I start to notice that a lot of them talked a lot about science and especially about the theory of evolution. And um, I took one course on the history of science. I didn't know anything of the history of science and um, wrote a short paper on how Buddhists dealt with the theory of evolu- evolution. And uh, the instructor at the time said, well, okay, this is fun, but you don't know anything about evolutionary theory. <laughs> so why don't you go over to the Department of History Science 
and take some courses with um, Bob Richards, who is an expert on Darwin. And so, which I did and started reading Darwin, started reading uh, a lot of evolutionary theory, history of evolutionary theory, history of science. Uh, and that gradually really uh, changed my view and uh, what kind of project I, I wanted to do. Um, so, and it, it dawned on me that, um, you know, the issue of, or the debates on, you know, religion and science is such a huge uh, problem, but it's utterly dominated by debates in the West and uh, issues about Christianity or science versus uh, Christ, Christianity versus evolution or creationism versus evolution. Uh, and again, I was thinking, well, what happened in in in, in Japan then? And uh, it's not surprising, but evolutionary theory is a bit the kind of master science of the 19th century, if you will. So if you look, you it pops up everywhere, right? Um, and that's when I thought, well, I'm going to... First, my initial idea was I, I'm going to write the book on everything on evolutionary theory in Japan. Um, but that, you know, was it a little bit too much to, <laughs> to take on. So uh, I, I got back to my original interest and um uh figured let's try and tell the story of how uh religious figures dealt with the theory of evolution what were what were their views what were their perceptions how did they deal with this issue okay and um what about the if you could tell us a little bit more about the structure of the book the uh, parts the chapters the um sections of the uh, of the book okay so the book combines a, it's, it's relatively traditional, I would say. It combines a chronological and uh, thematic structure. Um, so it starts with the uh, early uh, transmission of evolutionary theory in Meiji Japan. So the, uh, the, the early introducers, people like uh, Edward Morse and Ernest Fanalosa, uh, and then uh, in, in, it, it then moves to the later um, uh, Meiji period uh, with the re reception of, of evolutionary theory among Shinto figures, uh, the emergence of uh, Kokutai ideology. Um, then I have a whole chapter, chapter three, uh, is about uh, the, the Buddhists. Uh, the Buddhists do play a big role in this book. Um, the Buddhist reception of evolutionary theory. Um, and then uh, chapter four, five, and six are about the 20th century. And uh, that shift, it, it shifts track a little bit. Um, so in, in, in chapter four, um, I, I go into uh, also some of the socialists. So the socialists looked at evolutionary theory. Um, uh, the issue of vitalism. Um, and then chapter five is, I think chapter five, that is a key chapter. Um, uh, it deals with a kind of backlash against evolutionary theory in the 1930s and 1940s. Um, and uh, in this, a, a whole range of people appear, philosophers, uh, again, Buddhists, uh, but also Christians, uh, 
ideologues. Um, uh, and that was a bit of a, uh, before I started out on this project, I didn't really realize the extent of the uh, backlash against evolutionary theory in the 1930s and 40s. Um, the last chapter, chapter six, is uh, is about the post-war period um, and uh, deals with a major figure called uh, Imanishi Kinji, um, very famous uh, biologist in the post-war period. And uh, some of the pre-war intellectual legacies that still uh, resonate in his thinking. Um, that's the structure of the book, I think. You mentioned um, uh, Buddhism, you mentioned Christianity, Shintoism, and, and, and so on and so forth. And um, my, my question would be, um, so you, you, you talk about the roles that they played in, the, in this debate around evolutionary theory in, in, in Japan. And how would you sum up their attitudes, their respective attitudes or tenets? Um, for example, Buddhist thinkers, what did they have to say about uh, evolutionary theory? Or um... Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think one thing I wanted to... I, I, before I answer the question, one thing I, uh, <laughs> one thing I wanted to emphasize in the book is that um, you really have to see the reaction of, for example, Meiji Buddhists to evolutionary thinking, uh, not just in terms of how a, a certain Buddhist looks at the theory of evolution, but how he understood it in combination with their dialogue with Christians, um, with Christianity, with uh, other ideas circulating, such as Confucianism. And all that happening in a really rapidly changing uh, intellectual uh, and then also a changing political uh, landscape. Right? Um, so one thing I really see, wanted to emphasize is it's not just about uh, Buddhists dealing with evolution or Christians, but how they interacted with each other while dealing uh, with this with this problem. Um, so in, in the first chapter, for example, um, it, it became pretty clear to me that um, if you look at the, let's say, for example, the 1880s, you have these young Buddhist intellectuals like Ino Anjo who write very, very positively about evolution, saying, making essentially this rhetorical move that, well, uh, evolution, the latest evolutionary theories confirm what Buddhism has always said. Uh, Buddhism is very scientific. Um, and but they do this also in response to and in competition with other uh, uh, Christian evolutionary theorists uh, who kind of say the same thing about Christianity. Well, they, they bring the message to Japan and they say, well, uh, Japanese, if you want to uh, modernize, if you want to uh, become a strong nation and you want uh, to import and understand modern science, you need the kind of underlying software, if you will, uh, to do that, which is Christianity. And then the Buddhists in return, they say, well, well, no, it's the, the modern uh, Western nations are modern despite of Christianity. So there's a competition going on between the two uh, young Buddhist and Christian intellectuals who um, kind of stimulate each other to uh, embrace evolutionary theory even more. 
So uh, now, now, having said that, um, I do think overall uh, speaking, the Buddhists were relatively enthusiastic about evolutionary theory. Uh, they did have their issues with elements of evolutionary theory, such as reductionism or materialism or um, the idea of the struggle of survival. Uh, that, that was an idea that was actually very unpopular in Japan, I think. Um, uh, but overall, they were quite uh, positive about the theory of evolution, I would say. Um, Christians was a, uh, a mixed bag. Uh, the early uh, missionaries who came to Japan, uh, uh, some of them preached that evolutionary theory was really wrong. Uh, some of the Christ this is also funny, some of the Christians who are missionaries who are teaching at the uh, University of Tokyo told the students, well, there's this guy called Darwin. Don't read his books. Right? And uh, some of the biologists taking taking their classes, you know, they were young, young guys, right? The first thing they do is they go and buy Darwin right? and then they really like it. Um, so uh, on the other hand, you have uh, missionaries in the Kansai area. Uh, at the same time, uh, people like Thomas Gulick were uh, uh, really bring in this vision of that Christianity and evolutionary theory are really two uh, two schools of, of thought that that do not uh, that actually reinforce each other. Right? Um, uh, perhaps the most negative responses towards evolution come uh, um, much later, uh, but but they come from more nationalist, um, Shinto-inspired ideologues in the 1930s, right? That's the, those are the most negative. But I, would, I wouldn't say they're representative of, of Shinto, right? Um, that, that, would be, that would be too much of a stretch to go. Right? But that would be my summary about the, the different quotes. Okay, and um, along the same lines, um, I have a question about the uh, the conclusion, uh, the uh, conclusions uh, chapter to your book, um, where you express your hope that your book has made it clear that there are two myths that should be laid to rest, and the two myths uh, that you talk about are uh, the first one that evolutionary theory was uncontroversial among religious thinkers. And then the second one, that evolutionary theory was interpreted predominantly as a politically conservative theory in support of uh, state ideology. I'm quoting from, from, from your book, of course. Um, if you could uh, give us uh, more details about these two myths and um, precisely what your, your, your book um, made clear in this respect. Mm. Okay. Um... Yeah, so, so this statement um, comes mainly from what I've seen in the uh, English, but also Japanese secondary literature uh, at the time that I was researching the book, right? And um, uh, in, in it, it's quite it was quite common to see. Let, let's take the political uh, uh, the political the second aspect. It was quite common to see uh, people saying that, 
you know, social Darwinism or Darwinism was really a theory that was largely used in support of an authoritarian state um, or in combined combination with eugenics, like later on, um, uh, really in support of, of uh, the military, expansionism, a whole range of things that, you know, uh, tend to have less positive connotations, right? Um, but when I, I, I started uh, researching, I realized that, that it really wasn't the case. Uh, if you take the Meiji period, um, it's only a, a, a couple of figures who um, positively combine evolutionary theory with an authoritarian state, so, such as, for example, Kato Hiroyuki. Uh, but then everybody criticizes Kato Hiroyuki. Right? Uh, and then conversely, I think if you look in the 20th century, um, uh, evolutionary theory was really strongly embraced by uh, the early socialists and then by the anarchists who were very... Uh, unsurprisingly critical of uh, the modern Japanese state, uh, of cutthroat capitalism, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, and then in the 1930s, as I already mentioned, there's a, a, a strong backlash against evolutionary theory, um, which is interestingly, uh, there's a quite a bit of an overlap with some of the uh, uh, left-wing embraces of evolutionary theory. So um some ideologues such as for example Kihira Tadayoshi uh, who is a uh, professor uh as a quite a powerful influential position um they would say well evolutionary theory is really uh, it's a it's a western theory b it's a theory based on uh 19th century capitalism it's based on Western individualism. And at the same time, it's a theory that is used by socialists and anarchists uh, to talk about the struggle between classes, for example. So it's, it's a theory that both supports Western liberal capitalism and uh, uh, socialism and anarchism. And those are two, two theories that we really don't want in Japan. Right? We want the koktai. We want... Uh, a national harmony, right? So, uh, so to to sum it up, uh, I, I, it took me a while, but it, I realized um, evolutionary theory was really, uh, if anything, it stood in opposition to uh, uh, the emerging uh, Japanese state ideology. Okay, um, you, you just mentioned uh, Kihira Tadayoshi, right? And um, one of the things that I really enjoyed um, about the book was that uh, you also discuss, um, you talk about thinkers who are not usually included in, um, let's call it mainstream Japanese thought. So they're not part of, for example, the uh, Kyoto School of Philosophy, or um, they're not even included in Japanese philosophy um, textbooks that deal with the um, Meiji period, for example. And Kihira Tadayoshi is one of them. There's another one, uh, Minakata Komagusu, for example. Um, personally, I'm also uh, working on uh, Minakata Komagusu, and I think he's a very, very interesting uh, thinker. And 
um, I was very surprised to see this in uh, in your book um, that you also uh, discussed him. And my question is, uh, if your research um, is also to a certain extent an attempt to rediscover or reintroduce uh, these thinkers who are not necessarily uh, mainstream uh, thinkers in Japanese thought. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that was um, part of the goal. Um, I, I think philosophers, I mean, history of philosophy in, in modern Japan has, has tended to gravitate towards uh, looking at the, you know, especially the Kyoto School and then later research on Meiji philosophy. Um, but it's essentially uh, coming with a different set of questions, right? Um, philosophical questions. Um, my book is more attended as a historical, well, a combination of a historical and a philosophical book, but more historical. So if you look at it that way, then a figure like Kira Tariyoshi, who is, um, yeah, you're right, he, he doesn't appear, as far as I know, he appears very little in English language or even Japanese language research. Um, uh, of philosophy in this period, but he was really well known at the time. He published a, a lot of books. Um, in a way, he also tried to, you know, combine, uh, you know, ideas of Buddhism uh, with 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 modern philosophy. Uh, he wrote a lot on Hegel and Kant and so on. Um, so he's an interesting uh, figure. Um, I haven't read everything he wrote <laughs> i don't intend to uh, uh and uh, although i'm personally you, you know maybe he's not a figure that he, that that you could be really inspired by like for example in comparison to nishitaka uh kitaro for example right uh, but but historically he's a very uh, very important figure and i think and so i focused on how he uh, because he was in this uh, institute called the kokumin seishin kunka kenkyujo that uh, kind of functioned in um, cooperation with the Ministry of Education to uh, subtly exert pressure on the education system, right? Um, so they sent pamphlets to teachers like don't teach evolutionary theory. Um, and Kira really held a lot of speeches also to uh, denounce evolutionary Uh, to denounce evolutionary theory as being wrong and unscientific and, and so on. Um, so I think it's important to uh, to uh, to look at to to look at a figure like like Kihira, that's for sure. Okay. Um, so um, thank you very much, Clinton, for uh, for doing this. Um, good luck with the uh, with all your projects, and hopefully we can. Uh, talk again soon about your new book or about the uh, special issue of the uh, of the journal um, and for everybody um, this was Clinton Goddard uh, who is the author of Darwin Dharma and the Divine Evolutionary Theory and Religion in Modern Japan a book that was published in uh, 2017 by the University of um, Hawaii Press and as Clinton was saying buy the book and read it <laughs> So thank you very much, Clinton, for doing this.